We are these absolutely incredible beings and we're just trying to get our needs met. We're just trying to fulfill our innate desires, but we might be really removed from it. And so we start to go into these processes. They're unconscious processes. We don't know what the answer is. And then we end up doing things that we feel ashamed about because shame, my definition of shame, or I should say my definition of what creates the shameful feeling is doing something that's out of alignment with our truth. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Curiously Wise, Practical Spirituality in Action. I have this amazing woman here today, Allison Holly. I met her at Embrace the Woo, Embrace the Woo 2 even. It was an online summit, and we got matched up for her to do a reading for me first thing in the morning, and it was a life-changing moment. It was a validating moment, and I just loved her energy and her whole depth of wisdom. So I asked her if she would come and be a guest and she said, yes. So we have her here with us today. And so let me just read you a little bit about her and then we'll get into what I know is going to be a juicy conversation. And you know how I like juicy conversations. So Allison is an Andromedan starseed, a channel and awakening guide, and the author of the books, The Era of the True Creator and Ecstatic Playground. In 2012, Allison was overwhelmed by the intensity of a spiritual awakening. Many new awarenesses and gifts opened up to her during this time, including moments of spontaneous channeling and visions of the future. These profound experiences led her to understand the game that is life and to know that we are all masters going through the process of awakening to higher frequency truths. Allison offers channeled guidance, ecstatic sexuality teachings, workshops, and retreats to assist you along your path. So welcome to Curiously Wise, Allison. Hi, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited to have you here. I, I, I'm a fangirl, I have to Yay. say. <laughs> I was telling Allison before we started that I was actually watching a video of her doing a master class earlier today. And I, so I feel like I get to spend like the whole day with her. It's wonderful. Oh, Hard up. That's so fun. I'm really honored. Thank you. I really wanted to do this. It's very selfish in a good way because we only had like 20 minutes together when we met before and you were channeling for me and I just really wanted to spend more time with you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's let's just go right into the juicy stuff here. And I want to start off. You talk about pleasure as a spiritual practice. So tell us what you mean by that and and how we can bring that into our lives. Such a perfect place to start, you know. So how I came to this understanding is a lot of my story throughout my life and then also through my awakening process over the past 10 years. And what I've discovered is I really had this big separation from my physical body. This might be something that a lot of people who identify as star seeds experience. You know, I have learned recently through channeling that I never opened my root chakra. Mm. <laughs> it was never opened. Oh, yeah. I, and uh huh. And I, you know, I had a lot of illness in my early years, especially, but throughout my life, there was a lot going on. And I've had memories of what happened pre-birth, right? Where I 
pulled my light back in. You know, you talk a lot about my light and I hear that a lot now because I've very consciously been bringing myself to where all of my channels are open, but it just was, I was very separated from my physical self for a lot of my life. And what I have learned, you know, to make it really brief is that by bringing myself deeper into my physical self, not only do I not lose all of the connection that I hold so dear, that spiritual connection through the crown and all of the abilities to connect with things beyond just the physical, not only do I not lose that, but it actually strengthens it and it allows my, it opens my ability to be a magical human. And, you know, we're moving into this realm where, and I talk about this in my next book, Ecstatic Playground, we're moving into that six-dimensional consciousness. We're becoming the conscious players of this physical reality, in this physical reality. And so it's not only about awakening and ascending now. It's about really consciously playing through life. And if we are not within the physical body, if we're not connected to the physical body, and we're trying to just be in those spiritual realms, we don't actually have the command to move us forward in, in this game, right? And so the most profound way that I have found to connect with my body and to play in this earth is through pleasure. We are built on all levels, and I can go into the physiology of it. I can go into the energetics of it. It's some of my favorite, you know, talking points, but we are built to aim toward pleasure. Hmm. And there's a reason for that. Our pleasure connects us to the truth of who we are. Hmm. We often think of pleasure as this extra thing, right? Like, right. If I'm good and if I do my work and if I make sure that I'm still of service to others that, well, then my pleasure maybe will come next. Or mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of an extra thing that a lot of people think of, but we are built to desire pleasure for that specific reason, because it connects us to our blueprint. So each of us have an internal blueprint, that blueprint states, this is who I am, who I've designed myself to be in this physical realm. And it includes our life purpose because it is our energy frequency. So that blueprint is the truth of our energy frequency. Hmm. What I've never, I've never heard that term used. For yes. That. That's interesting. It's, a lot of the things that I talk about are things that I've directly channeled. So I don't often do research unless I've channeled something and I need a little extra Google assistance. <laughs> <laughs> but I was told, you know, blueprint, and I have been told it's called a divine template. Okay. So different words like that. Yeah. yeah. Our life purpose is to be our truest frequency. That's it. Mm -hmm. Right. So when we can tune into our truest frequency, we are living our purpose. And our purpose is then coming through us instead of being thought about, instead of wondering what it is. So here's how it all comes together. We're pleasure-seeking, right? We, we desire pleasure. We have that built into us in all levels. Our desires 
our activation points within our blueprint. Okay. okay. All right. That makes sense to me because that, that which we desire is what we're sort of motivated to move towards. It's who we are on a deep fundamental level. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. And what we want to do is really hone in on what those desires are. We deny our desires for so long because we think that they're secondary or they'll make us, what's the word, hedonistic or whatever it is. Selfish or, yeah. Selfish. And so we avoid those desires. And then what happens is they sort of stack up and they become unconscious. But mm. we're still pleasure seeking. So we meet those desires in ways that are not true to who we are. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. I spent a lot of my life knowing who I didn't want to be, knowing what I didn't want to do, yeah. knowing what, you know, what didn't work for me. And it's not until really the last four or five years where I have finally gone, wait a minute, I know what I don't want, but what do I want? What yeah. do I, what is it that I want to do? And so things like this podcast have come to me. Yes. Because I wanted to have great conversations with people. Yeah. <laughs> so I was working with a coach who started off a podcast, how to do how to be a podcast guest beta course that I got to take for, you know, a, a deal and totally put me in this direction. I didn't know I was going to do podcasting. I just said, I miss juicy conversations. And yes. the universe brought it to me. That's one of the you know times where I know that I desired something. I really wanted these deep conversations. I had a group here in Williamsburg, Virginia, before the, the pandemic hit that I had started, the Wise Women Circle. And we had these twice a month. We had these great conversations and I really missed it. And it didn't translate to Zoom because none of us knew how to use Zoom at the beginning. So, so it, it was, for me, it's a great example of what you just said. And I, I love to learn from examples. So that I, I finally knew there was something I wanted that was missing from my life that I really wanted and that it turned out I had been pretty good at. And, and then it came in this unexpected way. And here I am. <laughs> I love that. It reminds me of, you know, another spiritual principle that I want to introduce, which is the concept of enlightenment. Mm. And what enlightenment has been shown to me, what it is, is high levels of light being able to go into our, our bodies and our energy field which means that our channels are open. And how do we know that we are following our purpose? It's what lights us up. Yeah. And then what lights us up brings us to enlightenment. We are conduits of light. We are, our ascension model is essentially opening up to receive and allow more light in through unblocking all of those channels. So yeah, I mean, I remember when I was early 20s, this was such a significant moment for me. I went out dancing with a friend and it, we were in Spain. And it, so it was like a, a very different environment, which helped me see differently. Mm -hmm. When we do different things, it can really open us up to yep. something, you know. And I remember she sat down and she said, you know, I'm really tired, but you can go keep dancing. And there was this light bulb that went off that said, I like dancing. Even though my friend doesn't like dancing, I still like it. 
it shows you how ungrounded I was, right? I couldn't differentiate myself from other people at that mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. And it was such an enlightening moment to say, huh, this being called Allison really liked something. And I know I can feel, oh, this is something that I like. And I think so often, you know, to bring it full circle, we don't even know what we desire. No. Because we have so much separation because we've got programs that tell us this is the way to be. Right. You know? Right. And there's those those shoulds and oughts. You know, yeah. you should do this. You should be this. You should or you ought to do it. You, you know, you should feel shame if you don't do it. And I know you talk about shame some, too. But yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's so much of my childhood and 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 actually most of my adulthood you know, I'm in, in my early 60s now was defined by what I should do, what I was responsible for, what I, you know, what I had to do. And every once in a while, I, I hit on something that really lit me up and I got to do that like my books that I wrote, you know, that yes. was something that lit me up for a time. I, I doesn't light me up as much anymore, but I loved doing it at the time. And it turned out that I had a knack for it. And, yes. and you know, and then healing came along because I needed it. And I had to find an alternative source because, you know, the medical situation was not helping me. And Even I discovered that. that, yeah. And I discovered that I loved that modality of working with the energy of people and helping them feel better. And lo and behold, I have a knack for that. And I, you know, now I have a knack for talking to people. And that's so, yeah, it's, it's interesting to me to see how those points lit up for me, leading me. And I don't think I'm at my destination yet. I don't know where it's oh, taking me. But each one of these sort of feeds into the next in a, a beautiful yeah. way. When you look back at it, it's not always obvious when it's happening. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Which is why it's really helpful to move our definition of our life purpose from a specific theme to the action of channeling the present moment through our blueprint, mm. being our energy. And then we're always in the moment going to be shown authentic desires, authentic routes to what lights us up, what brings us into pleasure. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, pleasure is such a, it's like the carrot that gets us to do all the things that we don't uh want. <laughs> like, isn't that great? <laughs> Thank you for all of this, you know, ultimate creator, right? For yeah. Things. So I wonder how much of our dysfunctional culture comes from that denial of pleasure, mm -hmm. not knowing what we, what lights us up. I mean, I'm thinking about people eating to, you know, to bring that endorphin rush on, you know, people have sex sometimes indiscriminately or when it's not in their best interest because it just fulfills some pleasure need in them. Okay. And if we could open up to those things that really do give us pleasure. And that and is such a great, you know, segue into what blocks us from pleasure. Yeah. You know, what blocks us from pleasure not only do we think it's extra, but we are kind of afraid of it because there are so we we see pleasure as an unconscious act so often because we are disconnected from it. I mean, I do like to say if the whole world was living in their pleasure, it we would be in heaven. Yeah. And 
And when I'm in full pleasure, I am in heaven regardless of what the world does. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It's my, it's my moment of heaven. It's my yes. sphere of heaven. But what keeps us from experiencing pleasure is that we, you know, like I said before, we stuff those desires in because we're programmed. We're running in programs. So by connecting to the true desire, we then connect to the true pleasure. Mm. It's the elevated sense of pleasure. So it would be maybe more accurate to say we're not pleasure seeking, but we're on a deeper level. We're desire seeking. We want to live our frequency. Mm -hmm. And so how do we then connect to those? A lot of times, and this brings in shame, this is why I talk about shame, in order to get our needs and our desires met, we do whatever we know how to do. Mm -hmm. I heard when I very first started coaching, I heard from another coach, and I don't remember his name, but it was really profound. And he said, everything that anybody does is serving them on some level. Mm -hmm. Everything that we do, it's because we are trying to get a need met or a desire met, right? Mm -hmm. And when we're living in pure presence, of course, then it's it's a different model that we're working with. But most of the time when we have unconsciousness in any area of our lives, we're trying to get those needs met and we just don't know how. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we can go to a really basic example. If I'm hungry and I've never been taught what's healthy for my body, well, then I'm just going to be trying to get nourishment. I'm mm. going to eat Cheetos, right? Right, right. It's just, you know, and no shade to people who eat Cheetos. Like, no, no, right? You know, but, but that, yeah. doesn't, that doesn't satiate you. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't meet the need. And so I start looking for something else. Yes. You know, it's like, okay, so I, I still need something. I don't know what I need, yeah. but I need something. And and the kitchen is the best place to, you know, sort of feel that example because I'll go look in the pantry, nothing yes. there. Go look in the refrigerator, <laughs> nothing there. It's like, where are we? It's like, because it's just whatever it is that I need is not, I don't know what it is enough to go, oh, I could go to the grocery store and pick up an apple and I'd be happy, you know. But so I think that's a really visceral kind of example of, of that. Yeah. And this is what creates the shame cycle. Mm -hmm. We have we're these beautiful beings. Like, just take a moment and, and just even if you're listening to this, just like hug yourself for a moment and say, wow, you know, what an incredible being this is. We are these absolutely incredible beings. And we're just trying to get our needs met. We're just trying to fulfill our innate desires, but we might be really removed from it. Mm -hmm. And so we start to go into these processes. They're unconscious processes. We don't know what the answer is. And then we end up doing things that we feel ashamed about because shame, my definition of shame, or I should say my definition of what creates the shameful feeling is doing something that's out of alignment with our truth. Mm -hmm. you know? And then being worried how that's being perceived in the world and, you know, on and on. Yeah. Yeah. Because we wouldn't have shame if we weren't worried about how it was perceived in the world. We would just forgive ourselves and we would just move forward like, what? oh, okay. I'll <laughs> try something else. Right. <laughs> but we yeah. There's that fear of judgment by, by others. And yeah. 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 
And shame is a really, really big program that's running in society right now. So not only do we learn unconscious ways of meeting our needs, but then we learn the shame as well. So we've got all this stuff running through us when all we're really trying to do is, you know, connect with our truth. So you coach a lot of people from what I understand. So how would you suggest as a starting place for somebody to figure out what their desires are? Ooh, shame is just a little question. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) And it can be that potent. It can be a moment that just shifts your life. So I don't want to, you know, say it's going to take lifetimes because most of the time when you know, you know, when you know that pinpoint, there you go. You just move through it. So it's awareness, but shame is that gateway. Mm. Shame is the gateway for feeling shame in an area. That means that there's something there that we desire that we don't know how to fulfill or satiate or connect with. A lot of people have shame around their sexuality, Mm. around their eroticism. Mm. What's there? You know, what's there? Mm. Shame doesn't exist on an, on its own on this island. Right. It's actually the gateway to more of our truth. And okay. so when we look at those areas where we're already feeling reticence, tightness, shame, then we can start to see, well, what is it that I want? What's the opposite? That's some a game that I play sometimes. Oh, that's, that's good. Opposite of what I'm doing right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You no. Know? Yeah. And what does it feel like? And sometimes we have to have other people help us to know what it feels like on the other side because we've never experienced it. Right. Yes. And that that was what I was th- kind of thinking about is that if you don't know what's good for you, you know, to go back to the food analogy, if you don't know what's good for your body, you don't know what to look for. Yeah. You know, so how if you've never been exposed to a different way of moving through the world, how do you know that that's what you desire is that other way? Yeah. But. I like this looking at the opposite thing. Yes. That's really useful. Yeah. Really useful. Yeah. Because that's so much of of my journey on, you know, my spiritual journey, my awakening journey has been about noticing my emotions. Yes. And then going, wait a minute. Why am I feeling that way? For me, nine times out of 10, I was feeling like a victim. You know, and so once I learned to shift that to not, I'm a victim of this, but what's in this for me? So it's sort of that opposite of being a victim. What's it, what's the opposite of being a victim? Receiving something, <laughs> you know? Right. It's, so that's the same kind of idea you're talking about here with shame is if I'm feeling shame and that what's the opposite of that? Going to the feeling, I think for me, would be the first place. Yes. And then, okay, what is, what would generate that feeling? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. I've definitely experienced my fair share of shame and it can be such a catapult. You know, it's interesting because one of my teachers really subscribed to Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. Brene Brown talks a lot about shame. Yeah, she studies shame. Oh, such a beautiful, she's such a, an amazing speaker. And understanding that shame, it makes us want to hide. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of self-fulfilling. It really causes us to go back. When what what cures shame is actually opening up about it. Yes. The moment that I say, you know, I feel a little scared saying this, but 
the moment that I say, man, I'm, I'm really embarrassed that I did this, but here it is, clears it on a new level. And of course, we're going to meet people who say, oh, I don't know, you should, you should really be ashamed to put that back in the box. And so we, we then, you know, elevate the people that we connect with mm-hmm. who are capable of holding that, that love frequency for what we're experiencing, for what mm-hmm. we're going through. So, you know, and we're all helping each other. When we yeah. open these channels, when we activate that's when we activate everyone around us to higher frequencies. So yeah. we're, we're all doing it all the time, but what are we activating each other into, right? Is it love? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> so it is our service. You know, I like to say this to people who are very spiritually minded. It is our service to the world to open these channels, to move through the blocks of shame. Mm-hmm. That's our service, you know? So if shame, if there's shame in the body, then that means that we're blocking part of our light for the rest of the world. We don't have an open channel in that area. Right. And having all of our channels open is really how we serve people. And I say that because so many people who are deeply spiritual don't want to harm other people by going through the process of initiation and through some of that shame or whatever it is, you know, Mm -hmm. we don't need to stay there forever, but when we move through it, we open the channels, which allows us to be big, big old light beams for other, for the rest of the planet. Right. (laughs) That's basically the process I take people through that I work with as a healer is I, I feel like I, well, I know, you know how we know things. Yes. <laughs> there are yes. stories that are stuck in the body and they're often trauma, shame, that you know, anger. They're things we don't want to admit to. Yes. And they get stuck in the body and the body reacts. And that's yeah. people come to me. It's like, I have this pain. The doctors aren't helping. I need something different, which is how I got on this path too. Yes. And, and what I talk about is, bring, is revealing it, bringing that story up into the light, I call it. Yes. Or we can together process it. You know, what, what was, how can we reframe this? What did you learn from it? What's the good in it that you can do and let go of the rest of it? And then I help them release it. And it's a beautiful thing. And it can happen like this. It doesn't take yes. a long time to do, but it is that, that being willing to bring it up and look at it, acknowledge that there's something in there that was useful to you, yeah. you know, Yes. And then let it go. And and I know a lot of people who are, have had a lot of sexual trauma, particularly, have a hard time with that what was useful to me piece of it. Yeah. So you have to be a little gentle there. But there's always something of use, some wisdom, some some experience that informs the rest of our lives in, yeah. in positive or negative ways. We get to choose. Yes. Um, yes. We yeah. are absolutely, you know, I have that written into my bio. We're masters. You know, we're playing, we're playing this really, really powerful game, right? Mm -hmm. I don't call it a game to like brush it aside. We're playing a really powerful game. We get to feel it and experience it. This Mm -hmm. is, this is full on, you know? Mm -hmm. So our pain, our, oh, they just serve us in so many ways, even though when we're experiencing them, they don't feel like it. And they feel so, it feels so real. It feels so real to our higher dimensional cosmic embodied self 
it's, you know, it's just, uh, it's an experience, but to this, to this body, to this body, we feel it. And that is real powerful alchemy to be able to understand how it's serving us and how we can then take it into greater consciousness and move forward with that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a big step when you can get to where you can do that. It gets easier and easier. The more you do it, the easier it gets and the faster things, you know, move and the better things get. Yes. All right. So talk about the ecstatic body. (laughs) Okay. I'm just... (laughs) So I move a lot. I love dancing. I, you know, because the energy moves through me, right? So, and I also just want to to say this before I move into this, that before we started recording, you and I, Lauren, we came up with an agreement that if something starts to feel uncomfortable, we're just going to name it because I know that talking about sex, sexuality, eroticism, especially for the people that I connect with who are energetic, spiritual that can really hit a wall okay so i invite you if you're listening to or watching this if it's on youtube to notice where an edge is as i talk about all of this because i love this arena and i will really get into it Mm -hmm. (laughs) right and so like i said i mean i just i just love the way that it feels to have this ecstatic body activated, open to have this energy moving through me. And so I'm very comfortable with it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Basically, I told her that I get a little uncomfortable talking about sex, but I'm of a generation where we, even though we were a bit freer to have it, we didn't talk about it. So, but I like to be stretched. So yes, (laughs) there we go. We can go into new realms with this. And also be prepared to be surprised if it's not uncomfortable, right? Yeah. Ooh, maybe that was an edge before, but all of a sudden I'm trying to like it. Mm-hmm. Get curious. Let the curiosity be there. So the ecstatic body is what happens in our physical form when our light body is activated. It's having those channels open. So light is pouring through. And because we are physically we're we're physical right now and we're physically oriented toward pleasure what happens when we are filled with light is we become highly orgasmic in all senses of the word it feels sexual in nature to be lit up at this level it does because our body is open there is sort of i would say sexuality in all dimensions And we Mm. can look at what happens with our physical bodies and we can see it in greater concepts of the universe, right? So what I mean by that is we talk about the divine masculine, divine feminine polarities. Mm -hmm. And some people prefer to call those yin-yang polarities because they're less based on gender. So we've got these polarities. They mirror the physiology that happens in in our bodies when we're turned on. It's so fascinating, right? I'll give a brief example. Our chakras, when they are when they are activated, they endlessly open. That's the mm-hmm. feminine principle. And what happens when they endlessly open? The light pours in. That's the masculine principle. I have a whole, you know, I gave a talk on this, a big concept that was delivered to me 
is the next level of masculine and feminine polarity is actually light and sound. So the light being the masculine principle, the sound being the feminine. Huh. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And then that's we can hear that with the earth. The earth be and you know, so many people say mother earth, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Father, son, the light and the sound. The earth has a vibration mm-hmm. that is a, a sound frequency, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And there's so much more to this. A lot of concepts that I don't even understand come through. Yeah. But I went on a tangent there. That's all right. <laughs> like, really I love tangents. <laughs> but essentially, you know, I'm I'm really trying to draw the the parallels because showing that what happens in our physical bodies is absolutely part of the greater truth of spirituality. And we just have it in a more dense frequency is all. People who are used to higher frequencies are more comfortable in those higher frequencies. We tend to go, okay, body, what is this? What are we doing? Let's get that. Like, uh. But the amazing thing is when we channel light through our bodies, we get turned on. We mm-hmm. literally have ecstatic physical experiences. A lot of people, I've talked to just, I mean, just recently, two people who have done ayahuasca ceremonies mm. had like hours of orgasm. Oh, gosh. <laughs> right? Sounds a little overwhelming. True. It does. Yeah. You know? But we're talking about energy moving through the body and how yeah. our body translates this beautiful energy. Yeah. It is in the, it feels sexual. Yeah. And so what I do in my work, especially right now, it's it's been calling to me for years, but I was shown at the beginning or at the end of last year when I did a channeling for the collective, this year is really about the body. So mm. we're talking about our dietary needs. So it's interesting that you talked about that. Mm-hmm. So many people are talking about their physical health, their, you know, moving into their light body, but that involves the physical aspect as well. So, you know, this year I'm really, really talking a lot about moving that energy through the body. How do we stop disassociating the two? How can we feel safe within those, you know, sexual activation that are, I mean, they're incredible. There's so many different ways that this energy moves through the body, even laughing can be its own type of orgasmic experience in the body. Yeah, so yeah. a lot of parallels. Okay. It's really, it's interesting because I am, I have been so aware that I need to be walking more and I, I've got, I've got an urge to go back to the gym, which is not, not me. Hey. <laughs> it's like, I really want to go lift some weights. You know? And that is so not me. But it's in my head and I'm like, okay, huh, that's interesting. I'm yeah. noticing I haven't activated that yet, but I have noticed it. <laughs> I love to walk and I live in places yeah. where we've got beautiful walking trails and lots of woods and take the dog and walk a lot. But that, it's really interesting to me that you're bringing that up, that that's part of the energy of this year. Yes. I was thinking maybe it's just the coming out of the quarantine years and that we all feel a little sluggish after that. That would and make it- sense. Yeah, but it does. It does make sense that okay. I I yeah okay. You just put put some pieces together for me. So mm. so interesting. Okay, Divine lovely frustration. You know. Yes, 
And I always trust that when I get one of the things I have learned about myself is I'll get ideas like that. And it's like, okay, but I don't feel the forward motion of it. And then all of a sudden it's like a a switch flips. I'm going to go do that now. And then I'm all in, you know, so I I've learned to kind of wait for that moment and it's okay to do that. But yes, but it's interesting that that is actually in the in the zeitgeist. Yeah. (laughs) And beautiful, I want to just briefly accentuate how much you trust yourself. Mm. When you receive that guidance, you do it. That's a huge part of allowing this light to channel through. Okay. Yeah, I used to kind of feel shame that I knew I should do something, but I just didn't have any impetus towards it. And then I realized I change very rapidly when the moment arrives. There we go. Yeah. And I like to call that divine right timing. Yep. My favorite time zone, DRT. Yes. <laughs> That's so good. And, and yes, yeah, so I just, you know, trusting that I'm not being slothful. I am just, it's the, not the right time for me to do that for whatever reason. And I don't even need to know why. Beautiful. So, yeah. Yeah. So I've learned a few things. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. See, you didn't push any of my buttons or, or even get oh, close yay. to my edges there. So. We Thank were flowing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, in fact, I'll be perfectly honest and say that I experienced that sort of orgasmic stuff when I was just starting to waken up. And I, I was like very shocked by it. And I do have the separation still of spirits up here and I want to go play in the, in the high vibration, but the body needs some attention too. So I'm very much in alignment with that needing to happen. So I appreciate the message. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, our, our, it's really fun to be up there. It's, it's not always fun, fun to be down here. <laughs> it is fun. And, the, and you know, I, I mean, again, as a starseed, like so disconnected from the earth, I literally remember the time in my 20s, the first time I noticed my my physical aura touch the ground. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I understand that disconnect mm-hmm. and I'm so grateful for this avenue of moving energy through the body to teach me how to be a human, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Like, and, and there's just continuous learning on it. And I want to share too, these bodies are earth. We are earth. Absolutely. And we don't shy away from the earth, right? Well, some of us do, you know? Don't want to go outside. It's cold. Well, actually, my guides have been telling me go outside all the time. Right. <laughs> but if we, you know, if we look at honoring the physical body as a parallel process to honoring the planet, honoring the earth, mm. and how much wisdom this planet holds for us, that we can channel that wisdom through. I've been told abundance. All of my abundance and prosperity learning is with working with the earth. Mm-hmm. And you look at this place. Yeah. If you if you stop, you know, dousing things for two seconds, something will grow from it. Right. You right. Know? It's incredible. Right. That's I love the early days of the of the quarantine uh, and all the pictures that started to come out from around the world about how fast the earth healed herself. Yes. Animals returned. You could see the Himalayas from you know, villages that had never been able to see them for decades and, and the air was clear and, and it just, you know, and nature yeah. just like, wow, it went crazy. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. We can do whatever we want to. Yeah. 
return to the truth of who we are, mm-hmm. our physical bodies do the same thing. Mm. Okay. Lovely. Lovely. Okay. So interesting. All right. Tell us a little bit about your, your new book that's coming out. Ecstatic Playground is, as we were talking about, still in the editing phase, hopefully very, very soon. I'm hoping by the end of this month it will be out available. But of course, I no rushing it because I'm really excited about the messaging in this book. So my first book is The Era of the True Creator, and I'll show you. You got Yeah, we I both have our... I got my copy right here. Our little <laughs> copies. I highly recommend it. <laughs> I've still got a little bit of reading to do because I have to savor it. It's like I have to like let it kind of sink in and then I move on to the next chapter. (laughs) I sure knew it is all channeled guidance. And what the era of the true creator, the way that I think of it is it takes us through that initial awakening. It says, here's where we're starting. And then we move through and we move into that fifth dimensional consciousness where we understand we are creators. Mm -hmm. So ecstatic playground is... Hey, now that we know we're creators, how do we play? Mm -hmm. And that moves us into the sixth dimension. I've been told through channeling that the sixth dimension is pure play. Sixth dimensional consciousness is really Dr. Strange level. It's where we start experiencing things like bilocation. We start experiencing everything happening in the now. And, you know, so many other things open up for us. Ecstatic Mm. body is one of those things. Mm. I talk about ecstatic body briefly in the era of the true creator, but I go a lot more into ecstasy and moving energy through our bodies in ecstatic playground. I have a feeling that book three is going to be a lot more about the body, but I'll let you know when I get (laughs) download. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Okay, I'm looking forward to that one because that was one of the things that you channeled for me when we met before was that I needed to play more. It's, and, and it's and your what you channeled for me was just to be spontaneous, and I it, it totally works. So. Yes, I know the '80s kind of scary, isn't it? You're yeah. like so out of like, control. I don't have time for that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. But I have a I have a two year old dog, and no. she loves to play. So I've, instead of saying, wait, no, I got to finish this. I get up and I play with her and, you know, and, and we throw the ball around and do all oh. kinds of stuff. So that's really helped me to, you know, be more connected to her too, which is, oh. so yeah. I love it. Play is, play is something that is, I think a lost art once we get out of about the, you know, the five or six year old. Isn't that crazy? And here, I mean, here's a new layer. Okay. So I'm just going to briefly introduce this. Theta state, theta brainwave state is where I channel from, right? Mm -hmm. It's where we receive our intuitive guidance. It's where we move out of, you know, that monkey mind and we can really start to open up to those higher frequencies. And both hemispheres of the brain have perfect coherence in theta state. Mm. Guess who else is in theta state all of the time? Little kids. Little kids. Wow. Up until they're about seven or eight. They're always in theta state and they are always playing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So there's a big, there's a big ticket here, right? Yeah. We, yeah. We, state where we are always channeling. Yes. And, huh. and we're playing in different ways. Yes, we've grown up. We're, we're not necessarily going to go play with toy dinosaurs. <laughs> <most of the laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah. 
my pleasure practice is doing whatever I want, but we are going to play on a new level. And that's really what I really what I'm excited to share with people. Okay. I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it. So <laughs> let's, we're going to, we're just about at the end of our time here. Tell, tell the listeners where they can find you and yes. also tell them about the course that you've got starting soon. Yes. So if you would like to get in touch with me, the best way to access me is through my website. It's alisonholly.com. And I also have a free private community. It is the True Creator Community. You can find the link to that on my website. And we'll have it in the show notes. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I love it. It makes it easier. Yep. So you don't have to write it all down. And, you know, the course that I have starting in March, and this will be actually the third time that I offer this course, it's called Ecstasy. And in this course, really what I do, it's six weeks long. What we do is we connect that spiritual with the body. We connect it with, you know, our sexual nature. We learn how to navigate being a sexual being here on earth, knowing that we're spiritual and how do we connect those two. And I do this through three different ways of helping open that energy. So the course involves specific practices, which I've channeled and learned over the years, which you can do at any point, right? So these are your take home. These are things that you can always have with you. And then I offer teachings around the way that our energy works, new insights, new ways of looking at things so that we can start to let go of those old programs and be authentic to ourselves. And then the third part that I offer is activations. So because I am in my ecstatic body, these activations naturally flow through me all the time. And I consciously transmit those activations within the course as well. So with all of those pieces, people go from feeling really reticent about their sexual energy, not knowing how to get those needs met, or, you know, even people who are very already open in that realm, but they know that there's more for them. These are really powerful processes Mm. and bringing it all the way into, you know, having energy orgasms. Most people who go through the course, they have some type of energetic orgasm by the end. (laughs) It's really powerful. And, and also just feeling much more safe and comfortable with our spiritual and sexual natures and moving through the world with that. You know, we talk about boundaries. We talk about centering ourselves we talk about our own needs as well so it's very much this course is really catered to people who are really living a spiritual life Mm -hmm. and also knowing that the body is calling to them yeah yeah it makes perfect sense because it's just such a we have this beautiful vehicle that we you know that we're living in yes and we're connected to all that wonderfulness around us yeah and learning to combine those two in one yeah. in a harmonious way. Absolutely. Um, sounds like the perfect situation for, for us humans. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. It is. It's like, let's get grounded so we can make that here. Yeah. Yeah. And grounding is something that I find with almost every one of my clients. I have to teach them how to do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Trust me. I didn't know either. <laughs> I didn't either, which is why I can teach it. You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right, right. It's so true. 
Well, Allison, this has been everything I knew it would and more. And I really, really just really appreciate your sharing all your wisdom and your experience with us. It's been a real joy and pleasure. Oh, pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to thank the listeners for being here. And I hope that you too have found some really good nuggets of wisdom here in our conversation with Allison Holly. I hope that you'll go check out her her community. It is free and there's some cool stuff there. I went and poked around in it myself and we'll be showing up there regularly. And I hope that you'll join me here next week for another episode of Curiously Wise, Practical Spirituality in Action. In the meantime, stay curious. Thank you so much for joining us today on Curiously Wise. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future fabulous conversations. And if you had any ahas, please share them in a review on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to pay forward the unique wisdom we all have. If you want to know more about me or my intuitive energy healing practice, Heartlight Wellness, please head over to my website, www.heartlightjoy.com. Curiously Wise is a team effort. I am grateful for the skill and enthusiasm Arlene Membrot, our producer, and Sam Wittig, our audio engineer, bring to this collaboration. Our music is Where the Light Is by Lemon Music Studio. I'm Lauren Wittig. Please join me again next week for another episode of Curiously Wise. From my heart to yours, may your life be filled with love, light, joy, and of course, curiosity.